Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here at the Valley. It's great to have you with us this morning. Welcome those who are joining us online. Don't be a stranger online. Let yourself be known. Our chat hosts would love to connect with you while you're watching today. Uh, Before we dive into the sermon, last week was our commitment day for our Here and There initiative. If you're newer to the Valley, we are expanding. In fact, right next door to us, 8,000 square feet, all for kids, preschool, nursery, knocking out the back wall here for more adult seating, adding more technology. We're the, uh, the current preschool nursery is going to expand with nursery, a, a special needs room two. Uh, we're going there. Uh, we're going to reproduce and multiply. That's one of the things we do at the Valley. We start new churches of all kinds of different shapes, sizes for all kinds of different people. Uh, so that's going to be in the plans the next couple of years. So if, uh, if you did not uh, turn in your commitments last week, it's not too late. Uh, in fact, uh, December 17th is when we're going to celebrate and have a big party here for Victory Day. So uh, you can still send those in, bring those in, in over the next few weeks. Today is our last week of this series uh, called Good Thoughts and Vibes. And, and the reason we called it that is because it's, fo- it's a series on prayer. But a lot of times I'll see on social media throwing good vibes or throwing good thoughts your way. And I know we're well-meaning and I know we we do that because we want someone to know we care. But the reality is that good thoughts don't change anything and great vibes don't change anything. Uh, Only prayer changes things. And that's been the mantra for this entire series is that prayer changes everything. So if you missed any of the previous weeks, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and check those out because they all kind of blend together and and mesh together. We're going to culminate today with that last week of the series. Grandpa was over at the grandkids' house, and as Grandpa would typically do, he would take a nap in the afternoon. Well, this time the kids were being a little mischievous at that. We're going to have some fun with Grandpa today while he's sleeping. And so they went into the fridge and they found some Limburger cheese. And Grandpa had a mustache. And they were going to put this Limburger cheese to good use. They took some of the Limburger cheese uh, and spread it on his mustache while he was sleeping. Well, Grandpa wakes up, starts sniffing a little bit, and he's like, something stinks. And then he starts walking around. He's like, this whole room stinks. He walks into the kitchen. The kitchen stinks. Walks into the dining room. The dining room stinks. He walks out on the porch. This porch stinks. He goes, stinks. He goes into the yard and he said, this whole world stinks. I got thinking about grandpa because sometimes I can be like that. I can be like, this whole world stinks. And what I've realized is when I'm saying that, that this whole world stinks, I'm the one that stinks. I'm the one who's gotten jaded. I'm the one who's not thankful. I'm the one who is not in a good place. It's not necessarily the world. There was this guy in the Old Testament. His name was David. In fact, he was a king. He was the king of Israel. And his father-in-law, Saul, was, let's just say it mildly, not thrilled that David was going to become king and then would be king. So he um, does all kinds of things to try to take David out. He throws a spear at him to try to kill him. 
He tries to get Hitman to try to kill him. He is doing whatever he can to hold on to power. That's really what was going on. And David was the one he was after. One day, uh, Mike, Michael or Michelle probably is how it's pronounced, but Saul's or David's wife or Saul's daughter, who was married to David, catches wind that uh, Saul has put in, um, a bounty on, there's some water up here. That's not for me, but I'm going to drink it. So there we go. And it, so whoever had that up there, thank you. Um, that she catches wind that there's a, a bounty on David's head. And she warns him about that. that hey, hey, when you come out of the house, there's going to be hitmen there to kill you. So she devises this plan. She puts um, pillows under the bed and some of his hair at the top. And, and then he escapes out the back window. And he, and he takes off. And this, you can see this is in First Samuel. You can see it for yourself. But he ends up running away and he goes to a neighboring country and it doesn't get any worse for David. David's an incredible warrior. He's an incredible military commander. He goes to this other country and the king of that country is wanting to kill David too. And we're told that to, to get out of this bind, David starts acting like he's insane. He starts drooling all over himself. He starts acting like he has severe, significant mental health problems and we're told that he ends up in this cave. Can you imagine his father-in-law is trying to kill him? This king in this other country is trying to kill him. The only way he can escape is he starts acting like he's kind of lost it. He ends up in this cave and we're told that there's 300 men in this cave. And the 300 men in this cave were in debt. They were depressed and they were distressed. Doesn't that sound like a motley crew? Like what an can you imagine how awesome that would be <laughs> to be around that? And David actually records his thoughts, and it's, it's in the book of Psalms, which is a lot of poetry, a lot of uh, poets or poetry that they would write and they would sing to. And he says this in Psalm 34, verse 1. I will praise the Lord when my circumstances are really good. I will praise the Lord when everything is working out right. I will praise the Lord when? At all times. I will constantly, constantly speak of his praises. I gave you all that backstory because that matters a lot. <laughs> he's, being, he's trying to be killed by two different kings. He, he's in a cave with some of the most unhappy people life could ever throw at you. Yet at this moment in his life, David writes that. I will praise the Lord at all times. I found in my life, and it's not just because we have th just came off of Thanksgiving, although that is part of the reason why I'm focusing on prayer and thankfulness in our prayer today, but I found in my life it's pretty easy to be thankful when things are going well. Anyone else, right? I mean, job's doing well, kids doing well, marriage doing well, finances doing well, health doing well. God is awesome. God is great. He is incredible. <laughs> Right? But then when things aren't, when the diagnosis comes that makes you spin in circles, when the job loss happens, when the kids are just in a, in a, in a tough spot, when that person you're praying for is nothing's changing, when, right? Are we the same then? 
are we thankful then? In fact, he goes on in verse um, 4, actually, and this is a little bit of how I'm paraphrasing, but it says, I am thankful because I was up into my eyeballs, and I prayed. Now, verse 4 actually says, says this. It says, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Did David have a few things to fear at this point in his life? Yeah. I mean, they're trying to assassinate him. <laughs> they're trying to kill him. And then he's in with these other 300 people who are just not in a good state of mind. Who knows what they're going to do? And so, again, Mark's paraphrase, I was thankful because I was up to my eyeballs. Life was throwing all the things at me it could. Life was complicated. Isn't life complicated sometimes? Am I the only one, right? Life is complicated. We want to get it right. No person I've ever met wants to get this one life we get wrong. No one ever says, you know what? I want to see how bad I can mess up my marriage. I want to see how much I can destroy my health. I want to see how much I can be in utter turmoil and torment, right? We don't do that. Sometimes it's stuff that we do to ourselves. Sometimes it's life in this broken world that we live in. But he says, I cried out to the Lord and he delivered me from everything that I fear. And then he went on in verse five and he says this, my God can do the same thing for you when you call out to him, when you trust him with your circumstances. In fact, what he says here verbatim is, those who look to him, in other words, to God, are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. You see, David did not wait for things to get better until he praised God. I think sometimes I can be like that. Okay, I know I'm supposed to praise God, but I'm going to wait until this does turn around. I'll wait until, you know, this, this happens. I'll wait until this prayer is answered. When this prayer is answered, and you don't have to raise your hand on this, but have you ever done that? When this prayer, then I'll thank God. Right now, I'm kind of upset with him. Right now, I'm kind of annoyed. Right now, I don't, but when, but when, they, when he answers, then I'm going to praise him. That's not how it works. David is the epitome of an example of what it should look like. I, I came across this quote. It said, you know, because we always like, when's life going to finally get perfect? When, when is it going to, when am I not going to have any problems anymore? When, when can I truly be thankful because nothing's going wrong? I came across this quote. It's a little morbid, but it's true. The only people without problems are in cemeteries. Told you, right? <laughs> right? The only people without, I mean, the reality is as long as you and I are taking oxygen and releasing carbon dioxide. I used to teach biology, so I know how that works, okay? When we're doing all that, we will have problems. Sometimes, and us pastors can be the most guilty of doing this, we say, well, just give your life to Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to change. And that's not totally wrong. I mean, there's something, I mean, when you experience forgiveness for the very first time, like game changer, when you realize that you can have hope, game changer, when you can realize you have purpose, but this idea that we just give our life to Christ and then all the problems get washed away and we just kind of like, here I am, heaven's up, like, that's nonsense. In fact, it's actually anti-biblical. You read the Bible, you're like, anyone who really was sold out for Jesus, their life did not get better. <laughs> I mean, there was more hardship, there was more oppression, there was more turmoil, there was more abuse. There, I mean, look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah, they called him the weeping prophet because he wrote an entire book of the Old Testament called Lamentations or Lamenting. He, by the way, if he was a pastor in 2023, would have been fired a long time ago because his ministry would have been, quote, unquote, unsuccessful. 
Because he did ministry for many decades and not a single person said yes to God. So the idea is that, well, I'm just going to thank God when all the problems go away. You know, I have some oceanfront property in Kansas for you too, if you think that's going to happen, right? Which we were watching the football game. It was snowing in Kansas last night. Okay. Good for them, not for us. Okay. There was uh, two farmers, they were, they were best of friends. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. And so when the sun was out, the optimist was like, you know, this is going to be great for our crops. We're going to have a great yield this year. And the pessimist was like, they're going to scorch, they're going to die, they're all going to be gone. And when it would rain, the optimist would be like, oh, it's so, I'm so thankful, the crops, we're going to have such a yield this year. And the pessimist would be what? It's going to flood, everything's going to go and so one day they get talking and, and the optimist says, you know, I have the best hunting dog you have ever seen. He is unreal. He is the best bird catcher. You, I'm unreal. And the pessimist is like, yeah, right. You know, he's probably, you know, terrible. He's whatever. He's lazy. He's like, well, come check this out. You got to see this. And so they go out and they shoot some birds one day and, and, this, uh, and, and the birds land in this lake. They land in this lake. And this bird dog of the optimist doesn't swim after them. He literally runs across the top of the water, runs across the top of the water, walks on the water, runs on the water, grabs the birds and comes running back. And the optimist said, see, I told you the best bird, best, best bird dog ever, to which the pessimist said, what's the matter with him? Can't swim. <laughs> Some of us maybe, and I say this with all kindness, we might have the spiritual gift of negativity. Now, don't be nudging, don't be elbowing, okay? Now, hey, I don't want to start this marriage counseling class next week. We, we might have this spiritual gift of complaining, right? You ever been around? And we've all been there, but some people just have this, and I say it very tongue-in-cheek, right? That giftedness of kind of seeing the glass half full, kind of seeing things not working out. And, and sometimes we all get in those funks. I get in those funks like anyone else, but sometimes we can stay in those, can't we? If we're not careful. Sometimes we can, unlike what David said, we can be thankful at no times. We can praise God never, or at least three years ago, we can become very, very stuck on that kind of stuff. And here's what I found out about myself. Those times when I get into a uh, mentality, into a heart attitude of unthankfulness, they've been some of the worst times of my life. Why? Because my heart shrinks. Uh, my gratitude decreases. Uh, I start thinking of, I, here's what I've discovered about myself. When I'm not thankful, when I'm complaining, when I'm negative, I think about myself pretty much all the time. And I very seldom think about anyone else. But I got thinking about times when I'm living in the power of God's presence in my life. And I am thankful. And I realize the blessings that I have. And the opposite happens. My, my heart expands. I start to see other people through what they could be, not where they are. I start to have a greater love for people. I, I start to have a greater love for God. I mean, this is like a big deal. This, this idea of thankfulness and, or negativity or gratefulness or, or being ungrateful. I remember there was a season in my life when 
uh, yeah, I, was, I, I thought I should be making more money. I, th I thought I should have got some promotions or some advancements in my career that I did not get. Uh, some things that I thought I would have accomplished by then had not been accomplished. And, and I, I did. I, you know, and it, this is the insidious thing about it, right? It doesn't just one morning, I, th I don't think, anyhow, we wake up and we get there. Like, it just happens a little bit. And then a little bit more. And then a little bit more. And, and I realized before I knew it, like, my whole outlook on everything was just pessimistic. I was negative. I was ungrateful. I was, and, and not only that, then, then you project that because that's just what we do. Well, he didn't deserve that promotion. I work harder than him. And how come they always get this stuff? Got? And then, then by then, I'm no longer the victim, or I am the victim totally, but no, I'm, I'm not projecting on anyone else. Then guess who I projected on? God. God, you're not fair. God, you don't answer my prayers. God, you don't care about me. God, right? And in those seasons of life, I have... And this is why I speak as an expert today on this. <laughs> I, I become miserable. I look back on those lives and it's uh, that period and God, God uses everything, but I'm like, man, I wasted some of that. Like I became so, so critical, that critical spirit. I became so, um, and guess what? I didn't, I didn't talk to very few people about Jesus. <laughs> I didn't go through life looking and saying, man, I've got to be praying for that person today at the, at the checkout line. I've got to be praying for the waiter or waitress when I'm at, at, the, at, the, at the restaurant. Because it's all, I call it navel-gazing, it was all about me. <laughs> all about Mark. So today what I want to do is I want to share three things. And I don't do three-point sermons, but I, I want to share three things that I've become thankful for. And maybe what God has allowed me to become thankful for would be some things today that could become thankful things for you. The first is this. I can be thankful at all times because God is recycling my mess-ups. Do you know that? God is a recycler. He can take the mess-ups, and, and there's just sometimes it's bad decisions. Sometimes it's just things that have happened in my life. Sometimes it's sin, straight up, right? God takes all those things, and he doesn't waste any of them. Now, that, that's not a, a, an excuse to sin. You know, that was covered in Romans where they're like, well, don't we just sin more and then grace abounds? And, and, and Paul's like, no, <laughs> no, that's cheapens grace. That cheapens what Jesus did on the cross. But God is in the process of taking our messes and making it our message. God is, God is in the process of taking the things that are broken or have been broken, whether we brought them on or whether the brokenness of this world brought them on, and God wants to use them. Because here's the reality. When the thing about recycling is what? It's taking something and reusing it for another purpose. When you and I get this, it can be a game changer. So the things that have happened in your life, the things that you look back on, the, the, the sin or the, the, the brokenness or the, the hurts and the dings and the dents and the T-bone the collisions of your life, God is in the process of desperately wanting to use those to turn it into your message. That's one of the things I'm so passionate about as, as a pastor of the Valley is, is not only hearing your stories of redemption and reconciliation and healing, but then that we use those stories to help other people in their story. 
I think about Tess. Tess has shared that before back in her 20s. She was caught up in the cycle of different addictions that landed her in jail and separated from her daughter. And God took that and God recycled that. And now Tess, 20 years later, is on the other side of the, in the Valley Church ministering to women in prison of one who we baptized here a couple months ago. And I want to hear, that's what I, that's my dream, by the way, is that people would, and it's already starting to happen, and that's what, been one of my big prayers for, especially the last four months in my, in my new role here, is seeing people come to us and say, Mark, I feel God's calling us to do this. Not, not this, just hear me on that, not, oh, Mark, I think the church should do this. Because I'll just give you a heads up on that. If you come and say, Mark, I think the church should do this, I'm going to be like, well, he spoke to you about this. How about the church resources you to do what God's already called you to do? And we don't have to start 15,000 things around here, but we can deploy and we can release thousands of people to see thousands and tens of thousands come to know Jesus. Okay, that is what I'm thankful for. And seeing people like Dave and Sue who are saying, God's given us the gift of healing and this passion for people who want to be set free and be released, physical healing or other kinds of healing, we're going to use that we're going to use that to see God do amazing things in and through other people. So I'm giving you, sometimes I, I forget to do this. I'm giving you full permission today to write on that connection card that, that uh, Alexis talked about earlier about some area of passion, maybe God's laid on your heart, that we can use, that you can use to reach people who don't know Jesus. God is in the process of recycling What's messed up? In fact, it says this in Ecclesiastes 7.20. There is no one on earth who does what is right all the time and never makes a mistake. God knows this about me. He knows this about you. It says that all of us have sinned in Romans. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. God knows this about me. He knows it about you. And it doesn't shake him up one bit. Isn't that cool? It's like, oh my goodness, I can't use them. Oh my goodness, like this is too much. Okay? God looks at us and he's not perturbed one bit. He wants to pursue us. He wants to see us. He wants to use what we have in our life. He wants to use my story and he wants to use your story to see, as I talked about last week, to see his kingdom come and to see his will be done. In fact, it says this in Colossians 2.14, God canceled our debt, canceled it, in other words, gone, which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He took away that record with its rules, and he did what? He nailed it to the cross. I love that. I'm using that translation today because I love it. He just took all that. He canceled the debt, and then he nailed it to the cross. which means that you don't have to keep taking yourself to the cross and you keep nailing yourself. It's been forgiven. It's been redeemed. The second thing is this. Because God's recycling my mess-ups, God is changing me. Because God is recycling my mess-ups, God is changing me. One of my prayers this past six months in particular has been, God, would you help my heart expand for people who don't know Jesus? God, would you make my heart really be rattled and really be shaken 
And would, would you help me when I go to the gym and when, I, when I'm out and about doing whatever I do, when I'm at the library, do you know in Troy, that's where a lot of the people who don't have homes, the homeless hang out during the day is libraries and laundromats. Uh, when I see people, God, would you help me not to be so focused on my to-do list and all the, all the goals I have and all the things I got to get accomplished? God, would you help me just day by day? Because I've learned this, like, I wish it would happen overnight, but it never does because it wouldn't last. God's good. (laughs) If I just happened overnight, I would go back and revert to my old ways, little by little. And he's been doing that. I I, I noticed that a guy a couple days ago, I was driving and he was walking by um, the Goodwill in Troy. And I, I saw that he looked pretty disheveled. And I just started praying for him. I, I couldn't get out of the car at that moment. Probably wouldn't have been safe, actually. But, um, but I was like, God, I, I want to collide with him again and get to know his name. I think about my buddy, Andrew. I haven't seen Andrew. If you can think about Andrew, if Andrew comes to your mind this week, be praying for him. Uh, I haven't seen him for like six, six months, probably five or six months. Andrew is, is, um, struggles with some, some substance challenges and he doesn't, he doesn't, he's, he's uh, homeless and he, I've got to know him. He, he, want, he will walk through here and I've helped him give him some socks and we've given him a ride to some different places. And uh, last time I hadn't seen him for a while, he was living on the streets of Baltimore. And I'm like, Andrew, like there's no good streets to live on, but that's really rough. Like Baltimore is really dangerous. He's like, I know, but um, God's expanding my heart. I pray for him all the time. I don't know where he is. I'm hoping he's still on, on earth, you know, cause I know he's struggling a lot, but um, God's done that. God's opening my heart for people who don't know Jesus. And that's where it's actually overflowed out of that. Why is the Valley Church? We're going to be a church who reaches people who don't know Jesus. All our locations who don't know Jesus, starting with the kids. If I would have stayed stuck in unthankfulness, if I would have stayed stuck in whatever I got stuck in sometimes, if I would have stayed stuck in my past and I allow God to use it as a recycling, he would not have moved me to this where he's changing me. So I just want to ask you a simple question. How is God changing you? How are you asking God to change you? Are you asking him to make you more loving? Are you you asking him to to make you more thankful? Are you asking him to to change something about your personality? Or not your personality, but uh, your spouse might be praying for that. Don't be praying for that. Okay. Are you asking him for, to change something about your character? Are you cha- asking him, maybe, maybe it is an addiction, maybe, maybe it's a sin that keeps creeping back in your life. Are you asking him to change you? Because he's in that business. And the last is this. What changed me the most, what I am most thankful for, is when I came to the realization that God is crazy about me. Do you know that today? Now, some of us today are like, there's no way. <laughs> If God knew, <laughs> if God knew my past, if God knew what I did this past week, if God knows what I'm thinking right now, he does, he does, he does. And he's absolutely 100% crazy about you. He said this to Jesus, his son. He said, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. I saw this the other day. I saw this. It said there's a magazine advertisement for a humane society, and there was a cat and there was a dog sitting next to each other, and the caption over their heads read, a couple of VIPs, very important pets. 
But underneath, and this was what caught my eye, very fine print read, what makes them important is who owns them. What makes them important is who owns them. You and I were bought at a price. This is my son. This is my daughter. Whom I love. With him, with her, I am well pleased. I love this passage. It's in several of the Gospels, but I, I used one in Matthew. Here's why I'm always wrecked by this. You're like, well, he's God and it's Jesus and he's got to say this about Jesus. Jesus was doing what he was supposed to be doing. When this was said, was immediately after the baptism of Jesus, when you look chronologically and you can do it, look it for yourself and, and prove that I'm right, Jesus hadn't done one single thing yet in his ministry. Not one sermon preached, not one person healed, not one demonic oppression released, not one single thing, and the Father spoke into him identity. Some of us probably, like me, struggle with what I call performance-based Christianity. We know that we are saved by grace, but then we live the rest of our life as if not by grace we have been saved, but by works, <laughs> right? When this really hit me years ago, it was one of the most thankful moments of Scripture time I've ever had. It released all this, whatever reason, and who knows why it seeped in there, but like the more I read the Bible, or the more I did this, or the more I did this, or the more, if I showed up at church six days a week, then Jesus, then God was happy with me. God's in the business of recycling your mess-ups, and he's absolutely crazy about you. Two of the things that in the last four months have, have taken over the role as lead across all our locations, is, is two things God's just really impressed on me. Number one, we're going to be a church that the foundation is prayer. We're going to be a church where the foundation is prayer and then fasting, and like we've done this month, I'd encourage you, this is the last week, continue it beyond, but as a corporate body, we're going to fast from after dinner on Tuesday night till 3 p.m. Wednesday. And the second one is this, you know, I, I told, uh, I think our PICWA staff one day, I said, you know, church activity does not lead to spiritual maturity. Church activity does not, we're not going to, I'm not interested in starting more and more, I'm interested in releasing hero makers, as I talked about last week. But I think one of the things that we can really get, and not as the Valley, just in general for last several, more than several decades, is, is we, we don't know this. We don't. We, we, we think maybe, you know, an hour or whatever on a Sunday morning and the sermon's 30 minutes, 35 or whatever I go, that that's going to be enough and that doesn't cut it. And, and, and God has just created this passion in me, with me for his word. And, and, and that Mary, Mar he keeps bringing back Mary Martha. Mar Martha was just busy doing things and Mary just sat at his feet. And it tells us in 2 Timothy that all Scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching and correcting and rebuking and, 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 and building us up so we can be the people God's called us to be. And so here's what we're going to do, and I would encourage you, and I, I'm gonna, sometimes I'll probably do this, but I'm not, I haven't been doing it recently, where, hey, if you're joining in with this, mark the connection card. I'm just going to be like, just do it. I'm not going to, if you do it, great. If you don't do it, I wish you would, <laughs> okay? 
But for the month of December, so December starts, you know when December starts? This Friday. It's here. It's coming. There are, uh, uh, there are 24 days in December before Christmas. Aren't I so smart? <laughs> and and uh, Jessica Zwalik and our, our staff here, not me, but the staff here, came up with a brilliant idea. They said, you know what? There's 24 chapters in the book of Luke. And they said, wouldn't it be cool if all the locations of the valley, starting this Friday, December 1st, read a chapter a day? And so that it would culminate on Christmas Eve, but on Christmas Day, it would be a time of reflection. It would be a time of celebration of what we just read. What you individually, what you as a couple, if you're married, but what we as the valley read. And so I'm going to challenge you with that. Because I believe that the more you and I input God's word into our hearts, the more you and I devour and consume God's word into our minds, the more thankful we'll become. The more we'll realize that it is by grace we have been saved, not by works so that no one can boast. The more we will realize that you and I have been bought at a cost. The more now you will realize that our chains have been set free, that we are free and that we are free indeed. And as you leave today, you're going to receive one of these. It's just a little journal. It's, it's simple, and I love it. It is, has a cover on it, and then it has pieces of paper. You don't need anything more. We didn't need a leather-bound cover. We didn't need... We got paper. You supply your pen or pencil, or take one with you. These pens, they look beautiful. They say the Valley Church. I think we've timed them. They're good for about 2.4 uses, Okay. You get what you pay for. But we're going to give you one of these. And we would encourage you as you start January or on December 1st, reading Luke chapter 1. And on December 2nd, reading Luke chapter 2. Write down what God's telling you. Write down what God's speaking. Write down what you're thankful for. Write down what you're turning over to him. I was talking with a group of people earlier this morning. I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool then that we could hear stories then of how God moves in your life during the month of December. And so I would encourage you too, as you are encountering Jesus for the first time, maybe for the 450th time, get your phones out and shoot a little 60 second video of what God's doing in your life, what he showed to you, what he revealed to you. My prayer has been, and I, this is a prayer I know God's going to answer. <laughs> God revealed to them something as a dive into your word. You can see why I'm praying that with pretty much confidence. And then we want to hear the stories of how God's moving. I like what David said in verse 8 of Psalm 34. He said, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the person who takes refuge in him. When you and I praise God, we will lack nothing. I don't know what has been thrown into your life this past year. Maybe it is a diagnosis. Maybe it is a job loss. Maybe it's a, a death of a spouse or of someone else that you loved. Maybe it's you're getting towards the end of the year and the goals that you had going in, you're not even close to being met. You gave up on those a long time ago. Maybe for whatever reason, maybe it's because of things that have happened in your past. You just came in today and you're just bitter. Uh, you're, you're resentful. 
you're unhappy. The, the joy, you're like, I don't even know what joy means anymore. I, I can't say a statement today. I can't tell a story today that's going to make that okay. I, I, nothing, one word's not going to fix it, but here's what I would like you to do. Starting on Friday, December 1st, start in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Start allowing his word to be your all-consuming fire. Start letting the creator of the universe, the one who is what? Crazy about you. Start letting him speak identity into you. Start letting him speak forgiveness into you. Start letting him speak thanksgiving into your hearts and into your minds. We're not going to have a time of response today. We're just going to pray. Um, so the band, you don't need to come back up or anything. I'm just going to actually read this psalm. So would you close your eyes where you're seated right now? And I'm just going to start letting God's word soak into our hearts. David said this, and you heard the context, right? Where he is, what's going on. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, as you're hearing this today, maybe a word is standing out to you. Maybe a phrase is standing out to you. Would you let this just, would you just let it speak to you? I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Is that what someone needs today? He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Would you release that shame? That comes from the pits of hell. And would you receive his forgiveness? Taste and see. Let that sink in. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Would you stand with me? Father, today we, we desire to sit at your feet. We desire to hear from you. God, would you remind us that you're the one who recycles our message? Would you remind us today that you're a crazy about us? And I pray today for anyone in this space, anyone joining us online, anyone listening to the podcast, if you've never said yes to Jesus, would today be the day that you cross that line of faith? We're told that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but that he is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you receive his gift today? the gift of salvation? Would you, would you allow him to come into your heart and would you allow him to start cleansing you? Would you allow him to start breaking down the chains of bitterness and the chains of anger and guilt and shame? 
And you're like, Mark, I don't know how to pray. Just, God, just say, God, would you come in? God, would you break chains? God, would you do what only you can do? Father, would you meet each person where they are? And as we dive into the book of Luke this week, would we pursue you? And would we hunger and taste more of your goodness? And we pray that in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. I want to leave you with this. If you need prayer today, there'll be some people up here who would love to pray with you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in our church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. And everyone said, amen. Be blessed. for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives change lives.